So, John, what is the smartest thing that you've ever done? You mean as, apart from starting this podcast? I knew that was going to be your answer. Well, it's so obvious, isn't it? Okay, yes. sure. Uh, anyway, this podcast was my idea. It Don't was my idea to say yes to it. <laughs> <laughs> well done. You're very unique for doing that. Thank you, yes. Nobody else said yes to it. <laughs> how far down the list? How many people did you ask? How far down the list? Everybody I know. Oh, great. Well, always happy to be your 17th choice, Harry. of those drums they're good aren't they yeah welcome back everybody to beyond the box set the podcast where today we are pitching prequels sequels and spin-offs to goodwill hunting we'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing from my listeners with the ideas they have posted on our social media pages but first we're going to talk about some of our favorite moments from the original movie and catch you up with a bit of a plot summary i am harry the host with the most goodwill I mean, you'd survive on it, yeah. Yeah. Not bringing anything else to the table. So. <laughs> <laughs> and joining me as always, the host with the British version of the Boston accent that everybody hates, is John Lucas. I don't know what you mean. I've got a great accent. Do the Liverpool accent. You know, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the one accent you can do. <laughs> French is the one you can't do, but I think you can. Yeah. Um, anyway, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. What yeah. Do, what do you think of this then? Uh, well, I've, I know this film. I've seen it before. Like most people, it's a very famous film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I have mixed feelings on this film. Yeah, me too. There's bits that I like, and there's bits that I very much don't like and take issue with. But I think this is the most up itself movie we've ever done. It's very up itself. Yeah, you yeah. can definitely tell it was written by like smart twenty year old like <laughs> Hollywood kids, mm-hmm. which is based on what Matt Damon and. Ben Affleck wear at the time. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't hate it. There are some interesting was, was, things. Was Ben Affleck smart? Oh well, that's the old joke, isn't it? That Matt Damon's the smart one and Ben Affleck got dragged. Well, I, I say justice for Ben Affleck. I'm sure he contributes just as much as Matt Damon did. Okay, sure, sure. Why do people <laughs> assume Ben Affleck's stupid just because he makes less interesting films? Uh, yeah, he's also directed. I, I don't know why I'm suddenly like defending Ben Affleck, <laughs> but like, yes, Matt Damon makes more interesting films, but Ben Affleck has he's done a couple of interesting things. It's not like he's Adam Sandler. He did Gone Baby Gone and Argo and, you know. Well, I think that he, just in from this film, he makes you believe that character really well. He yeah. just, it, it, it doesn't look difficult for him to, to, to act like this. Well, that was, that was his curse because for, yeah. at the time and for years afterwards, people f- just literally assumed, and to this day apparently, <laughs> just assumed he was Matt Damon's freeloading, stupid best mate. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it worked out pretty well for him. Whose career do you think has done better? Oh, I think Matt Damon's career has been more interesting. Yeah. Generally. They've both had ups and downs. Ben Affleck was Batman. He was Batman. Not a very successful one, but he was Batman. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, they're both big stars. Mm-hmm. I, I would say Matt Damon's done more interesting things, though. Ben Affleck has done some interesting things, but also a lot of dreck. Sure. I think there's more absolute rubbish in Ben Affleck's catalogue. But I'd say that, like, right now, Matt Damon has become much more, much more predictable yeah. with the roles that he takes, like, nowadays. I think they kind of, it's like they're on a career seesaw. Like one goes up, the other goes down. Like yeah. one's having a good year, the other one has a bad year. Like they don't guess, tend to yeah. meet in the middle very much. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Sure, yeah. So, um, well, where do you want to go with this? Do you want to do a plot summary? Oh, do you want some facts? Actually, I've got some facts. Sorry, I did write down some okay, facts. Okay, yeah, sure. Okay. Some facts. So, most people know the story. Mm. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were complete unknowns, young Hollywood wannabes, mm-hmm. and they wrote this script together while they were both in college, and they managed to sell it, and uh, it went on to be made starring them which the studio did not want they right, really held okay. on they really held on because they were nobody like they, yeah. they hadn't done anything particularly so the studios liked the script but they didn't like putting these two unknowns it was supposed to be leo dicaprio and uh, brad pitt yeah i can see that yeah so obviously leo would have been the matt damon and yeah definitely brad would have been the ben affleck yeah. yeah it was almost directed by mel gibson okay i can't see how that would have worked at no. all but uh, I guess it would have been focused more on the fighting and less on the love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It won Robin Williams, his only Oscar of his career. Mm-hmm. He was nominated for other ones, but that was his only win. Yeah. And well-deserved. Very well-deserved, yeah. yeah. It was a huge financial success. It made over. It was shot for like $10 million, mm. most of which was just paying Robin Williams to be in it. <laughs> I guess no one else was that well-known. But it went on to make over $400 million worldwide. And it was nominated for, I think, eight or nine Oscars, including the one that Robin Williams won. That's pretty good. And Ben Affleck and Matt Damon obviously won Best Original Screenplay as well, mm-hmm. which is the only Oscar either of them have won. Um, <laughs> neither of them have yet won an ac- acting award. They're not. Oh, no, actually, Ben Affleck has two. He won for Argo. But again, not for acting in it. Directing. Directing it, yeah. yeah. So... Or maybe Best Picture. I think it was Best Picture. Did I go win Best Picture? I think it didn't win Best Director, but it did win Best Picture. Really? But I think that still counts as Ben Affleck having two. Yeah. I think that's... It's either that or the way around, but I'm pretty sure that's the way around it is. Yeah. Uh, and it has also been voted as the most overrated film of all time. <laughs> by, by a magazine once. <laughs> the so, most overrated film of all time. most overrated film of all time, yeah. So, uh, yeah, mixed bag. Yeah. yeah, that's a very good fact. I like, mm. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of this movie? I quite enjoyed this, Good Will Hunting. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Is um, it one you knew and you have? I've background? seen it once. I've seen it once before. Mm. Didn't remember a lot of it. Remembered some bits of it. Remembered some bits of it as they happened as well. Yes. You know, like the, the bar scene where he just shuts down the other guy who's just quoting. Facts. Yes, I had the same thing. I was like, oh, I remember this, and I remember hating it the first time yeah. I saw it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. This this film is so silly. It's men having feelings. The movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a whole bunch of men having feelings. Yeah. And it was interesting. I, I, I can see why it's good on paper. Yeah. But that's all. I Oh, wow. I, I think you might have liked it even less than me then. Because I, I, don't, I don't hate it. There's bits of this film that I think are very good. But there are also... We'll get into it. There, is, there are certain aspects of it that I really actively disliked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll go over them. Cool. Okay. Do you want to move on to a plot summary? An actual plot summary. Yes. Yeah, I'll do my best here. So uh, I think we start off with Matt Damon... Um, he's a cleaner in a university. Yes, he's called Will Hunting. Yeah, hence Which the name. Instantly turns me off. <laughs> what having the title character in the Goodwill Hunt? Like Goodwill Hunting. That's that's an interesting title because you're like, yeah. oh, you're hunting the Goodwill. Okay, I, I get it. Yeah, it is one of those titles like when you really break it. It sounds good, but when you actually yeah. break it down, it's like, what does this mean? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, the, the character's name is Will Hunting. Yeah, you definitely decided on that name just because of the title, didn't you? But he's not particularly good. He's no. He's, I mean, he's, he's good at maths. He, 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 but he's he, not a good person. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. He's good at some things, but yeah. yeah. And I don't even know what he's really hunting for. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think he knows what he's hunting no, for. Like, maybe that's the point. Emotional stability or something. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. But either way, it's it's ridiculous. It's a little pretentious. But that's the effect. It, it, a little pretentious. It's very pretentious. This film is very pretentious because, like I said, it was written by... 20 year olds mm. not to sound like a, the old man waving his fist at the cloud but i feel like this film is written by the blonde guy from the bar yes yes exactly <laughs> yes 
yeah, this is like his bad first screenplay. Yeah. 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 That's very true. <laughs> and I uh, know it just hit the Oscars on a year when they just they yeah. were ready to award something like this. Yeah. Do you think well, this do you think this film would win a best writing now? Well, I was going to get to this later, but what I find really interesting is that... Do we both agree that Robin Williams is the best thing about this film? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And he has a lot of the best lines. Yeah. He ad-libbed... You know, he's known to ad-lib. He ad-libbed, like, most of his lines that are, like, the most famous ones in this movie. Really? So he ad-libbed his whole speech about his dead wife farting in her sleep. Okay. Which is probably one of the, like, nicest, sweetest scenes of the film in many yeah. ways. And he also... Yeah, I, I, I get that one being a Robin Williams ad Yeah, he just was off on a comic tangent. It works, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he's not doing his big Robin Williams, like, crazy ad-libbing thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he also ad-libbed the last line in the film, which is a lot of people's favourite line, which when he goes, the little son of a bitch stole my line. Like, yeah. that was an ad-lib too. Like, so... Uh, okay, a yeah. lot of the, like, the really human moments in this film, mm. Robin, I feel like Robin Williams added to. That I thought you were going to say that he ad-libbed some of that park bench scene. No, I'm just, sure that just was, like yeah. that doesn't that doesn't add up. No, 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 no. It's not the kind of film where yeah, he didn't actually ad lib loads, but I think I think it's interesting that he ad libbed probably some of the most like human moments in the film, the, mm-hmm. the the nicest moments. Whereas yeah, a lot of this film is very written. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It feels very written. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously jumping ahead, but particularly that scene at the end when oh, what does he says to Matt Damon? Just like it's okay. Oh yeah, no, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. That's I hated it. I really. <laughs> it's quite. Cringe. It didn't feel in character either. No, no, and it's not certainly how a therapist is supposed to behave. So <laughs> it's really not how a therapist. <laughs> or to force somebody to break down and like really annoy them. Yeah, I don't think it's a very effective tactic to just repeat the same phrase over and over again. But no. but it's kind. It is kind of iconic. It gets made fun of a lot. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> Say that for it's a memorable scene. So. <laughs> Look at me, son. It's not your fault. I know. It's not your fault. I know. No, no, you don't. It's not your fault. Hmm? I know. It's not your fault. All right? It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Don't fuck with me. It's not your fault. Don't fuck with me, all right? Don't fuck with me, Sean. Not you. It's not your fault. Okay, so Matt Damon, he is a cleaner at uh, university. A janitor, yes, at a university. A janitor at university. And uh, in that university, there is Stellan Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. He's one of the professors there. He's a maths professor. Yes, a maths genius, we're told. Yeah, yeah. he seems to be a bit of a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as a maths teacher can be. Yeah. Yeah, in, this, in this movie, apparently. <laughs> oh, this movie is the most exciting thing that happened to maths ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've got a mass emergency over here we just couldn't wait <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines when it, so he, he sets this maths puzzle to his class Stellan Skarsgård mm-hmm. he's a, like a university maths professor whatever and then he's at some event some garden party and then yeah. the students go like we just couldn't wait to find out who, who solved the puzzle yeah. like, these are not people who ever existed in the real world no. ever yeah. and they all they all rush back to university because like so Spoiler alert, Matt Damon has solved the puzzle because the puzzle was on outside the uh, the classroom. It's on like a chalkboard, yeah. And so when nobody was around, he was cleaning the corridor, he just solved it. Yeah. So then like, oh my God, he solved the puzzle. They all run there and like, oh, my, oh we don't know. Oh yeah. God, it's 
What are we going to do? Yeah. It's the most exciting maths has There's ever like been. There's like a full-blown press conference yeah. about that maths puzzle. It's <laughs> insane. <laughs> it's literally a bit of homework. Like, Stellan Skarsgård is teaching his class and he just says, oh, so for next week, I'm going to leave this puzzle, this complex maths equation on mm. the chalkboard outside. Anyone who can solve it. There's not even a prize. It's just like, see who can solve it. Yeah. And then Matt Damon solves it as the janitor and then people f- spot that someone solved it. It becomes a s- sensation. Yeah. It's very silly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, maths. Yeah. It but, kind of establishes, I guess, that he is a, what we learn is that he is a genius. Yes. Yeah. Even though he doesn't seem to have had any kind of university education and I get the impression he didn't go to like a fancy high school or anything. No, he's entirely, well, this is the, maybe my biggest problem with this movie. Yeah. Of everything. It feels as though Matt Damon's character is not somebody who is incredibly gifted so much as he's just a superhero. Yeah. He's yeah. just super yeah. heroically intelligent and he's read every single book. Mm-hmm. He's, if you put him in a comic book movie as like the smart guy or, yep. you know, who's like... An, no, that totally adds up. That's Because he's not... I guess he's mostly a maths genius, but it seems mm-hmm. like he's also read every book. Mm-hmm. He's... I mean, did you spot the scene of him reading the book when he's turning the pages at such an obscenely fast pace? It's like, come <laughs> on! Like, He's, he can quote every play. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it, he's not just like incredibly good at maths. He's just a superhero who's good at everything. Yeah. And the message of this movie, I really take issue with. Because mm-hmm. the whole message of this movie, especially from the Ben Affleck character, and as it goes along, mm. is that because he's been blessed by this genius, he's just better than everyone else. Mm. And it's not that he has to... I guess it's saying he should apply the talent that he has and actually put it to good use, which is yeah. a good message. I don't think that's a bad message. But it's this sense that he's just been he's just been given this he's not worked hard he's just been born with this unbelievable intelligence mm-hmm. and that makes him better than everyone else it does seem to be that ben way, affleck even says like i'm gonna die here i'm gonna be here at 50 and i'm gonna do nothing with my life but you you've won the lottery of being better so you need to go mm-hmm. off and be better because you are destined to be better than me mm-hmm. and it it, it it felt like the two smartest kids in their high school who got to you know <laughs> got to hollywood and wrote this play about how fabulous they were compared mm-hmm. to all their stupid stupid schoolmates you know? yeah it felt very smug. <laughs> yes, it really did. Yeah, That really set me Cause, on edge. Because that's not how being smart works. No. Like, if you don't get that education, you, you don't get to be that academically smart. Mm. Yes, you can be naturally good at mental arithmetic. Definitely. You can be you can be amazing at that. But yeah. you can't necessarily express yourself with I don't know, that extremely high level of math just by reading it in a book. Education does mean something. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's the thing. It's... This film would have been more interesting to me if it had been, let's say he is naturally a maths, like mental arithmetic. He just has this unbelievable natural ability to calculate and mm-hmm. he's incredibly gifted, but he has no, like I said, he's got no education and yeah. we've got no reason to believe he would have had any education because he's, he's had a really rough childhood. Mm-hmm. He's clearly not been to higher education, whatever. So maybe you know, if this film was about a character who had this incredible natural gift, but didn't know how to express it or process it or put it in the right direction mm-hmm. because he hadn't had any opportunities in life yeah that's pretty interesting that's yeah. a film but instead and it's you can like still have all the best scenes of this which are all the conversations of robin williams yeah and it would have meant more but instead yeah. it's like oh no he's he knows perfectly well he's read all the books he is just a superhero genius he, mm-hmm. he's it just made him so much less of a character yeah it just made him this yeah this just this this genius i didn't like it also i find it it's very <laughs> difficult i think to make intelligence to portray intelligence in a film and to make it interesting and believable Mm -hmm. 
it just it's really hard any film like you know hidden figures or a beautiful so from mind, that the, yeah yeah any film where the main thing about the main character is how smart they are mm. it's so hard to tell that story on the screen without it just being here's some exposition mm, and yeah. this film has so much exposition yeah you know, just bit just bits where matt damon will just like reel off like the, the scene with the rc guy in the bar yeah oh god that scene is so inorganic so that one let's let's go through that scene because to be honest this film doesn't have a a major narrative it's more no. of a collection of scenes and monologues yeah. so matt damon's super smart he's working as a janitor he gets discovered by stellan skarsgård because he solves that puzzle on the chalkboard mm-hmm. eventually he figures out that it's him and he takes him under his wing yeah and, and also oh because he gets into a fight matt damon, i'm oh, yeah, whizzing through this because they say there's not much plot yeah but so matt damon hangs out with a bunch of other kids including his best friend ben affleck mm-hmm. who's a guy called chucky and they're just alpha males and all they like to do is they just go out every night and they go drinking and then fighting that's mm-hmm. they love drinking and fighting that's yeah. their thing and they go out one day and they just are seemingly looking for anyone to fight yeah like which to be fair i grew up in liverpool i had friends like that mm-hmm. I, people but they were like 15 but still they would like go out on a saturday night just looking for someone to get into a fight with yeah. so it, it, i can believe that but anyway they go out looking for a fight one day they get into a fight a police officer intervenes matt damon assaults the police officer punches him or something mm-hmm. gets arrested and to avoid jail time stellan skarsgård negotiates that instead he should come and work for him as just some kind of undefined maths whiz yeah. um, but also he needs to see a therapist yes and that's how robert williams comes in. that's basically yeah. the plot so um he goes through like three therapists very quickly yes because he's very resistant to the whole therapy thing and he he makes <laughs> and he, keep, he keeps trying to break down the therapist yes which, which he does with ease because again he's just, it's yeah. he's just that smart he's just so smart he just knows and, he, and he's also psychic yeah and you know or, or like a super psychologist he can just immediately like oh you're you're gay or you're mm-hmm. this or you're that and you your wife died it's just again just the complete invulnerability of the character or mm. the not invulnerable like complete almost omnipotence of the character yeah yeah i did like the first therapist it just really made me laugh the, the actor was so over the top when the older guy when Matt Damon says, oh, so you're gay, right? And then he says some fairly homophobic things about mm-hmm. that. And it just the guy's reaction was like, what? What are you talking about? It was like, it was like he was like shaking his head so fast his jowls were like, yeah, it was just one of those. It was cartoonish. It was, car- yeah, that's what, it was such a cartoonish reaction. Yeah. 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 And there was a lot of that in this film. Yeah, that, that didn't really land for me because it mm. felt almost like comedy. Mm. Whereas this film doesn't have, other than a couple of Robin Williams ad libs, it doesn't have an inch of comedy in it. No, it's very serious. Yeah. And so, yeah, that scene with the uh... well, I mean, Mini Driver tells that amazing blowjob joke that everyone thought, thinks is hysterical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a really disappointing, dirty story. It was. I know. It was like what? So what? She gave him a blowjob and she wanted a kiss. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm shocked. Like, yeah. it's such, a, such a weird joke. Yeah. Yeah. But they act like it's the funniest, dirtiest. These like hard Boston lads <laughs> act like that's the dirtiest joke they've ever heard. Like, yeah, it's so strange. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it was if it was dirtier, but the studio was like, mm, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe depending on what the story was, I might have pushed it up a rating. Yeah, sure. All right, there's an old couple in bed, Mary and Paddy, and they wake up on the morning of their 50th anniversary. And Mary looks over and gazes adoringly at Paddy. She's like, oh, Jesus, Paddy. You're such a good-looking fella. I love you. I want to give you a little present. Anything your little heart desires, I'm going to give it to you. What would you like? Paddy's like, God, Mary, that's a very sweet offer. Now, in 50 years, there's one thing that's been missing. And uh, 
I would like you to give me a blowjob. <laughs> I would like one. And Mary's like, all right. She takes the teeth out, puts them in the glass, and she gives him a blowjob. And afterwards, Paddy's like, jeez, oh, now that's what I've been missing. That was the most beautiful, earth-shattering thing ever. Beautiful, Mary, I love you. Is there anything that I can do for you? And Mary looks up at him and she goes, do it again. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, Robin Williams, then. Yes. He's a therapist from Stellan Skarsgård's youth. Yes. I think that they went to school together. Yeah, they seem to have some kind of like friendship slash rivalry going on. Yeah. But that's also the. Which I, which I really enjoyed, actually, how their relationship kind of flip flopped a little bit. I like that I know it. I just didn't understand how they're supposed to have been like professional rivals or academic rivals when one's a mathematician <laughs> and the one's a psychologist. Like, yeah. they. I'm sure there are people who flip from one to the other, but they're not really paths that feel like they go together. Like, no. Oh, 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 what, on what level? Because there's even these whole arguments where Stellan Skarsgård says to Robin Williams, you could have been what I am. You could, if you'd had my ambition, my drive, mm. you could have done just as well as me, but you didn't. And now you're just this like small town psychologist. But like, so what is Robin Williams also grace at maths? Like, I didn't understand what this yeah. thing was that they were supposed to have been on the same road and then they diverged. Like, what what were they competing over? They have completely different skill sets. I didn't yeah. get it. Yeah, no, I I I don't know. Yeah, I guess that they're just they were high school friends. Yeah, guess, sure. And maybe they fine. just went separate ways when they went to college, and but they kept in touch. Or I, I I don't know. I don't yeah, know. sure. Either way, it's it's not majorly important. No. But uh, Robin Williams, he grew up also in Matt Damon's same town, apparently. Yeah. So that's how he relates to it. But yeah. Yeah, he's basically Matt Damon from the future. Sort of, yeah. Not painted as quite as much of a genius, but uh, certainly an intelligent person who, yeah, yeah, relates to him because he's had a hard life. Yeah. Well, I think that Robin Williams is smart enough that he's just kind of learned how to sort of behave like a behave like a human adult. Yes. Whereas <laughs> Matt Damon is very intentionally behaving much more like, you know, a teenager who's got these um, supernatural smart powers. Yes. You know, Robin Williams just kind of puts it back and doesn't really talk super smart all the time yeah he acts the shit out of this this is one of my favorite acting roles i think just ever mm. this is my favorite kind of acting where it's subtle and it's mm. n and there's no there's no outbursts there's no real emotional bits i mean there are one or two but those aren't like the defining moments no 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 yes yeah, same there's there's one bit where he slightly leans into the robin williams thing when he's talking about the baseball game but yeah. other than that yeah he's no it's it's i agree it's really really good considering most of this movie i was kind of not disliking it but watching it like oh wow this is even more hokey than i remember it being mm. and quite cheesy and but yeah there were certain scenes when robin williams made me well up a little bit because it was just he just really yeah you act, acted this yourself it yeah here's that 100% the saving grace of this movie. 100%. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Oh, this film would have been... Yeah. Oh, this film would, wouldn't have worked without him. No, I can't imagine anyone else would have been able to do that and make as much of that character as he made of it. Mm, it was yeah. really, really good. Yeah. yeah. You could just see it just in his... Just in the way that he conducted himself, in like the look of his face, you could just see like the underlying sort of sadness of the character. Yes. At all moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really, really liked it. So he is a... So in addition to being like Stellan Skarsgård's rival, so he, after Matt Damon's chased away all of the other therapists, mm -hmm. Stellan Skarsgård reluctantly brings him in because he's been in the same, he's grown up in the same town. He's had a few hard knocks in his life, so he feels like they can relate. And also, so him and Matt Damon meet and they're initially, you know, Matt Damon's very hostile. He, he sees a painting that he's done of like a, a boat on the sea or something. Mm, he, yeah. he 
again he, with his super psychic powers he just immediately <laughs> psychoanalyzes it and he mm-hmm. says something like oh i guess you married the wrong girl mm. and then robin williams grabs him by the throat and says if you, if you ever talk about my wife again yeah and then we we learn basically that he has become a, he's been widowed uh mm. he, his wife died a couple of years ago and, and before she died she was sick for a long time so he's been through a really rough probably like 10 years or whatever mm-hmm. and yeah and i guess as the therapy sessions go back and forth he kind of wins matt damon around and uh, he, he reveals more about himself and his life and what he's yeah. been through and it kind of opens matt damon up a little bit and they start to bond with each other which is mm. kind of the main i guess the main dynamic of the film i really love the scene um well the whole the whole scene on the park bench mm-hmm, yeah. i say it's the iconic scene of, sure. of, of the movie it's the cover yes the it certainly is yeah but just a bit where he basically just tells matt damon off mm. and just says like you think you know all these things you don't mm. you like you've just read them in a book yeah but it's nothing you, you don't know what any anything looks like what anything smells like i i, I loved it just because it was the whole film so far just been about how great is matt damon yeah <laughs> and then finally somebody's like no this you're not great yeah. you don't know anything mm-hmm. um and it was just it was really satisfying to, have to see him get put in his place yeah I, I do find it really interesting that that scene was written by two like again two like young kids who haven't actually mm-hmm. probably at that yeah, point yeah. experienced a great deal in their lives but yeah but yeah, Robin Williams, because I'm sure he didn't ad-lib that scene. I'm sure that was in the script. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, he certainly gives the film its like emotional center. Yeah. 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 And I imagine that was all the Oscar clips for multiple awards, o- o- award nominations. Oh, yes. Film. Like I said, this is what he won his Oscar for. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'd say probably what they won their Oscar for as well. Like, yeah, it, it lifts up. The best up, writings in this It lifts scene. up the whole movie, certainly, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I thought about what you said to me the other day about my painting. Uh stood up half the night thinking about it. Something occurred to me. I fell into a deep, peaceful sleep and I haven't thought about you since. You know what occurred to me? No. You're just a kid. You don't have the faintest idea what you're talking about. Why, thank you. It's all right. So what did you think of Minnie Driver then, the love interest? She was unrealistic at times mm. well first of all have you ever met a british person named skylar what on earth, what on earth? <laughs> of all the names that's so, <laughs> they could not have picked a more american name than skylar it's just not a name that we use in this country no like, any british skylar's listening i apologize but i don't think you exist <laughs> prove it yeah um no that was yeah that threw me off a little bit yeah. i don't know i didn't really see that she would like matt damon's character I mean, I guess because mm-hmm. I didn't like Matt Damon's character, mm-hmm. but just I didn't, I didn't see what she might have seen in him at all. Yeah, it was interesting that she's like his. Yeah, she's the love, she exists as the love interest, and yeah. like she's not got the most interesting character arc. She's really just she's there for him to talk to Robin Williams about. Yeah, she's like the conduit for his emotional growth kind yeah. of thing. Like basically, yeah. when at the end he go, he chooses the girl, and he chooses to commit to her. Well, mm-hmm. not commit to her. We don't know what happens, but he. He, he he goes to find her rather than mm. like just staying where he is and doing the same old things. And, yeah, because he's he's obviously very emotionally closed off in the film. But again, it's just it was really interesting to me that she was like very privileged. And mm. I, know, I know there's the whole scene where she says she'd give all her money back just for to have one more day with her dad, which mm-hmm. is very nice. It's a mm. nice scene and, and nice sentiment, whatever. But I don't know, just the fact that he finds her as this like British exchange student who's also very intelligent and very, mm-hmm. but not like they don't really feel like they meet as intellectual equals. Like if she was also really, really smart mm-hmm. and then she's also got this trauma of having lost her dad, but she's from a different background. That, that, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. But definitely. it doesn't really spend a lot of time on 
her as a person or how smart she is. She just seems like she's she's a med student and she's mm-hmm. also very rich and she's British and she's very pretty. Yeah. And she tells weak, dirty jokes. But <laughs> that's basically who she is. But I don't know. If, if she'd been like someone who was like in his community, like a neighbor or an old friend or something who maybe wasn't a super genius like him, but also, mm-hmm. you know, he found ways to relate to her in other ways. I, I, I just didn't feel like the dynamic between the two of them was particularly interesting or... Mm. It was just, it really was like she was the obligatory love interest. Yeah. And I don't think that's her fault. I think she's perfectly good in the role, but I just don't think it really gave her anything particularly. Yeah. No, I got, I, I, I got it. It didn't really have a lot to do. Mm. She definitely could have done with a, bit, a fair bit more development. Mm. You wouldn't give Matt Damon your number after that scene in the bar. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that this is one of the most memorable scenes of the film, certainly. Yeah. Uh, early on they're all getting drunk in this local bar they're all in boston they're all very boston i can't i, I won't even attempt the boston accent but <laughs> i was tempted but i don't know it well enough no but yeah um but they're it's definitely a bit, it's a bit harsh isn't it it's a very harsh accent yeah mm. but yes it's ben affleck isn't it ben affleck tries to hit on her um, mm-hmm. first and then some ponytail walks up and yeah kind of tries to start really being patronizing to insult because Ben Affleck pretends he's also a student mm-hmm. and this guy just takes one look at him and is like that guy's not a student and just rips him to shreds basically but in the weirdest way possible yeah that's he starts it... talking about the economy of like some South American country and it's like what yeah. what? yeah that's what I mean and then Matt Damon walks in and is like oh I can quote this chapter but I can even name the page of the book he yeah. literally says oh that's on page 9 of this I was like nobody remembers the page it's almost <laughs> unless the page is 1 you yeah. don't remember what page of the book the quote you've like this is just this is what I mean when I say the film felt very written. This this mm. whole sequence just felt so writerly and yeah, not, it really did. Not like how human beings no. talk. Like they no. could have done so many. They could have expressed this idea of Ben Affle- of Matt Damon being so intelligent, so much more, so much better, so much more like organically. But mm-hmm. they just it, instead it's just crowbarred in in this really cringy way. Mm-hmm. Although there is one thing that I, this did probably get my biggest laugh in the movie. Mm. Now, I hate that whole scene. It's really cringy. Don't like it. But Matt Damon, he, he, him and Ponytail go back and forth and he rips him a new one. He quotes yeah. all chapter and verse of the books and the theories and says... They have a quote off. I don't believe they have a quote they re- off. They have a full quote off. It's like, you'll never have an original thought in your head. Whatever. Does that. Matt Damon drops his mic, mm-hmm. walks away, and then Ben Affleck goes... Some, he's, Is it Ben Affleck or Casey Affleck? One of them says, oh boy's wicked smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that made me laugh just because it was so stupid <laughs> no i think it was ben affleck ben affleck yeah he really does go over the top in this at some point ben affleck does yeah i, I kind of enjoyed him yeah he was, was all right yeah. in this hmm. um i liked the uh uh the scene when he's in the interview yeah and he's just like retainer yeah and he just takes like 70 quid i, I had no idea what was going on <laughs> but uh it was it was fun to watch well this is the other thing and again this is kind of ties back to why i was kind of annoyed by the message of this film because mm. like he's supposed to be this guy who do- who isn't a genius and yeah. so he's doomed to just be this like working class yeah stuck in this dead-end job and he's gonna just live and die in this tiny community or whatever but then at the same time in these few scenes that he gets like when he goes and does the retainer speech mm. and there's other scenes as well where he's, he's like he's well spoken he's, he's he's smart like he's yeah. not he's not a complete dummy like he's mm. actually quite creative and vibrant like he could like there's no reason why he couldn't you know apart from maybe the lack of opportunity but like he could certainly make more of himself mm. if you know if he had the opportunities to do so but the film isn't interested in that no it's just like well he's not a genius so he's just 
He's just, just going to work on a construction site. He's instead. just someone who Matt Damon. Because geniuses don't yeah. work on construction sites. He's, he's the stepping stone that Matt Damon has to step on on the first rung of the ladder up to greatness, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then never like he just needs to like they'll never speak again. You know, mm-hmm. once once Matt Damon's moved on to better things, he just can leave Ben Affleck in the dust, mm-hmm. and that friendship won't. You know, he even says, "I hope." Every day, I hope that you won't be there because I just hope you'll have gone off to do. You don't even need to say goodbye to me. It's like God, have some self-esteem, man. Yeah, <laughs> this is your best friend. <laughs> you should be hoping that he just like ditches you one day and never <laughs> speaks to you again. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I hope he makes more of himself with his talent, but maybe you could go along for the ride. Like, yeah, just, yeah. The, the, the message of this film was strange. It really was. Yeah. It really was. Let me tell you what I do. Every day, I come by your house and I pick you up. And we go out, we have a few drinks and a few laughs, and it's great. You know what the best part of my day is? For about 10 seconds from when I pull up to the curb when I get to your door. Because I think maybe I'll get up there and I'll knock on the door and you won't be there. No goodbye, no see you later, no nothing. I'm just left. I don't know much, but I know that. So the end of the movie, basically, the way it wraps up, mm. is that... So Stellan Skarsgård is pushing Matt Damon to get a job it seems like he's just because he's so intelligent everyone wants him like i think at yeah. one point they mentioned nasa or something ridiculous like yeah. all the you know, all these the, NA, the nsa give him an interview and they say why shouldn't you work for us yeah it's like they're just <laughs> handing it on, on a plate this untrained guy just because he's read a lot of books and he's you know, yeah, he does yeah. good maths yeah yeah so. uh, but anyway so he, he's being pushed to do this but then robin williams is like no you to stellan scars god you're pushing him too hard mm-hmm. this he, he, he can't be like you and this is a whole bone of contention he, he deliberately like bombs all the interviews and he doesn't want to do anything mm-hmm. It's like he's afraid of his own success. I think that the, the main plot of the film is Matt Damon's character coming to terms with his own genius and his own brilliance and yeah. just being not being afraid of success. And the same with his relationship with Minnie Driver. She tells him that she loves him and she asks him to come to Chicago with her. With her mm-hmm. And he says no and he dumps her. And again, it's like basically Robin Williams is telling him, you know, you need to actually take a chance on people and mm. she's not perfect. She's not... Because Matt Damon says something like, why should I get to know her any better right now she's perfect to me yeah and if i get to know her i'll realize that she's not perfect and yeah then i'll lose interest and then robin williams that's when he gives the fart speech when he talks about his wife and how mm-hmm. like the, the imperfections are what you end up loving the most about people and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff but just you know it's a very nice speech it's a nice and nice sentiment but matt damon's character is like really resistant to all that he's mm-hmm. he, he's very much just because he's so smart he doesn't think that's why he should have to go off and like get a great job or you know he 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 says he just re- his ambitions are just he really wants to just work a standard job, work on construction, and just stick around with his friends and get drunk every night and go out yeah. and He doesn't want to progress beyond that in any way, shape, or form, and so he really pulls away. And then at the end of the day, in the end, he has a kind of a heart to heart with Ben Affleck's character, who like who kind of then gives him a big talk into and says, "No, you, it's an insult to me." Again, this is one of the most famous scenes in the film. Like, mm-hmm. like if you don't go and make something of yourself, you're insulting me because I'll never be anything better than this, but you could be, so you need to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that kind of changes, turns him around, changes his perspective. And then we get the other really famous scene in the film, which is the It's Not Your Fault scene, mm-hmm. which is where he's talking to Robin Williams and they he has like an emotional breakthrough where they're talking about his um, all the abuse he suffered as a child. Yeah. Like he, he was a foster child and he had a very abusive childhood and mm-hmm. they talk about that a lot in the film. Yeah. And so basically Robin Williams makes him come to terms with it with his very unprofessional therapeutic behavior of just... <laughs> corner again and just go it's not your fault it's not your fault it's not your fault it's yeah. not and eventually he's like oh god damn you and he just cries and he's he's healed he's <laughs> yeah. cured yeah you know? 
that's the thing with therapy in movies because in real life if you someone who's in therapy it's it's work it's like you keep going every you mm. keep doing every, in film there's always like the breakthrough it's yeah. like and then they're fixed like and now he's fine like, <laughs> and yeah so it's very much that and so the film ends with him first of all he accepts a job and then his friends all like put for his 21st birthday he gets a new car that they've all put together for him uh, for the commute uh, and then, but then he abandons all that and goes off driving to find Mini Driver instead. Mm-hmm. And so it ends with him hitting the open road mm. in search of new adventures. He's left Ben Affleck and all his, all those trolls he grew up with behind. Yeah. Um, and he gave Robin Williams a little note. He leaves Robin Williams a nice little note, yeah. And uh, to say that he's gone to get the girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess that's how it ends. It's, it's him embracing new experiences and going out into the world to claim his destiny or something. Yeah. God. Yeah. Hey, you picked it. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, I, I don't, I don't regret it. This no. film, this film is a good film. It is a good film. It just film. gets a, it just gets a bit frustrating, a bit predictable, and and very white. Yes, I think. Well, yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. That's. I think if it's one of those films that there's a lot of good things about it, but if you scratch the surface at all, you kind of it, you, it really does, it really does start to fall apart. Yeah, and you can really see a lot, a lot of the problems with it. But yeah, it's a a lot of people really like it. Yes, yeah. it, it was very popular. And it, you know, launched two big movie stars and gave another one an Oscar. So yeah. So I'm just going to have a little look. This is most famous for winning best writing, isn't it? Yes. Which they both won together, yeah. Yeah. I wonder what else it was up against. Let me just, just for writing? Yeah, yeah, just in, that, in the okay. writing award. Okay, so it was up against As Good As It Gets. Uh-huh. Which I don't think I've seen. Interesting, okay. Uh, Boogie Nights. Yes, which we've done. Is that the one where Mark Wahlberg has a big penis? Yes. Nice, nice. Deconstructing Harry. Yes. <laughs> it's not about you. Okay. <laughs> um, and The Full Monty. Mm. That's a that's an interesting category. How did The Full I, Monty get into this? Yeah. Right, well, so clearly I'm uh, done with talking about this movie, so yeah. shall we do drinking games? Let's move on to some drinking games, yeah. So first one up, Drink for the Word Fuck. Drink for Fuck. Okay, yes, it's a very uh, foul-mouthed movie. It yeah. really is, considering it's, you know... A, a, cl- a classic for the for the best writing. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of swearing in it, which swearing to me always feels lazy. This uh, film, I don't, was I don't a bit mind iffy it, with it. I don't mind if it's like true to the characters. Like, mm, yeah, in Tarantino movies, that's every other word's a fuck, but it it's, it kind of works. Mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe it's a little bit over the top in this one. I think. Mm. So I had my first one was a drink for unflattering jackets. <laughs> this okay. thing I immediately picked up on is that everyone in this film is dressed appallingly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I clocked a few Stellan Skarsgårds. Yeah, well, yeah, Stellan Skarsgård is like in in classic prefer- like college professor garb. I think at one point he's wearing like an untied scarf around his neck just yeah. for reasons. Yeah, uh, Robin Williams is just never met a flannel jumper he didn't like. <laughs> but the Be- Ben Affleck with that glaringly, I'm sure it's accurate to the kind of thing his character would wear, but mm. like. This glaringly white, like shell susy kind of thing. He looked like the oh yeah, yeah. He looked like he was on the fast show or something. Yeah, was, yeah. Especially with his like helmet of Lego shaped hair. Like his hair was really weird in this. It is. It's like it looked like if you touched. It was like Ross in Friends. It, if you touched it, it would like crumble in your hands. Like <laughs> it's clearly so much like lotion and product in it. It's just oh, and mm-hmm. it's like just it's like a centimeter away from being a full quiff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like. John Travolta in Greece in some kind of witness relocation program or something. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, drink for the Boston accent. Bo- oh, there you go. You did it. Look at you. Harry did an accent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boston accent. You ain't better than me. I, I can't do it. It's, not, it's, not, it's better. You're, you're better than me. God, I just 
It's spelled Boston with a W in it. Boston. Clearly, that's enough. Yeah, but that—that you get in there. Yeah. That's yeah. Mm. <laughs> Again, it's a it's, harsh it's, accent, but it's entertaining. It's—it's it's laid on pretty thick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Drink for baseball references. Oh yeah. No, clearly this the, these characters are obsessed with baseball, and yeah, it weaves its way in throughout the film. Definitely, mm. yeah. Uh, drink whenever he aggravates somebody just by being smart. Oh yes. Is so this like the, you got like the guy in the bar? You've got many therapists. And yeah, or just like smart guy exposition. Yeah, just like I'm going to prove I'm smart by quoting all of these books I've read. Mm-hmm. Uh, drink for alpha male behavior. Of course, yeah. This is it's a very macho macho movie with all the it really is drinking and fighting and punching and shagging and yeah, just dick measuring, dick measuring, almost literally. Yes, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. But doesn't at one point Casey Affleck wank into a baseball glove? Yes, I found, friend, I, found, I found it hilarious just because they hadn't started talking about it yet, but it was just the way that he came downstairs slightly out of breath yeah. and just slumped down on the chair like, <sighs> yeah. it's like, oh, he just had a wank. We had to rewind it and watch it again. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, then, just, and then they all start talking about yeah. it realize that's the point of the scene. Yeah, and he's just like, yeah, I had a wank into your baseball glove. Like, not even yeah. my baseball glove. Yeah. Your baseball glove. In your mother's house. And Ben Affleck's in your like, room. Stop wanking into my bait. Like this yeah. isn't the first time they've had this conversation where yeah. like he's just got up and wanked into his baseball glove. Yeah. Like, these people are like Crow Magon. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Was he supposed to be Ben Affleck character's brother? No, I don't think so. And that was very distracting because obviously he very much is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think that was supposed to be the relationship because they keep joking about each other's mums. They're like, well, your mum. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. So I got the sense it's not the same mum. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, that was distracting because, yeah. like, we all know that they are. Because, like, otherwise, why are you hanging out with this really, really young guy? True, yeah. Like, because it's three guys who are all about the same age, and then Casey Affleck is a good five years younger at least. Yeah. Well, though, also, I was a bit, I did a bit of a double take when at the end it's revealed that Matt Damon is just turning 21. Oh, that was. <laughs> Clearly, they, I think he was like 26, 27 when he made this film, but, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was really something. Yeah. Let's see. Matt Damon was born in 1970 and his film was 97. 27 then, yeah. So yeah, Matt Damon be 27. Yeah, that, that <laughs> tracks, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, well, so, so about the same age as Minnie Driver then. Oh, was she, was she 27 when she made this? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Give me one second. They all definitely didn't seem like they were 1920s, you know. Yeah, she's, bo- she's born the same year as Matt Damon. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, because def- we definitely clocked that Minnie Driver was like late 20s yes yeah they all look at at, at least yeah and uh yeah Mm -hmm. um last one i've got here drink for foreshadowing drink for foreshadowing okay what did you spot uh mainly just ben affleck saying just like one day i'm gonna go to your house and you're not gonna be there oh sure yeah um and just you know little bits like that yeah it was all very much tied up in a neat little bow yes yes too neat yeah well, again, that's what I mean about the fact that Robin Williams has that last line where he says, "The little son of a bitch stole my line." Yeah, and I, I like that line. I think that's a that's a that's like a fun. Like, it's not like it's hilarious, but it's like it's a nice little beat to end the movie on. Yeah. But the fact that that was an ad lib tells me so much because that's like, oh great. So in the script, it was just that like, oh, he's just going to repeat that line, and, and Robin Williams is just supposed to like smile and go indoors and mm-hmm. like, oh, boom, end of film. Yeah. So thank God Robin Williams gave it just a little bit of salt to, <laughs> to not make it too ridiculously predictable. Has Robin Williams written, written anything? No, he did. He never wrote a script, but obviously he should have been credited a lot just for all the ad-libs he did in various mm. things. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, my last one is drink for sexual harassment. 
Okay, go on. Which I noticed a lot of in this film from character to character. Yeah. Well, it seems like their basic hobby is to go to this bar and just yell at women, various women, to shag them. I noticed Stellan Skarsgård did it to his students a couple of times, which was very Yeah, funny. that was odd. Yeah, he's like, one comes and says, um, Somebody's written on your on your chalkboard. Yeah, it's like, it's a Saturday, drink, or have a drink with me. It's like, yeah. she's 17 and you're 50. <laughs> <laughs> this is inappropriate, sir. Yeah. And then there's also when. Robin Williams and Matt Damon have a little like they're having the man cr- man hug and then you know Matt Damon's having a man mm. cry, and then he says, "Is this breaking patient doctor, you know, regulations?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Yes, yes, it is." <laughs> and then Rob- Robin Williams says something like, oh, "Only if you grab my ass," like, which is obviously a joke. <laughs> yeah, but, like, yeah, still, yeah. it was yeah. There's a lot. Of, I noticed quite a few of those little moments in this film. Basically, yeah, sure. Do you want to know another fun story about this film though? Well, just quick. Did you did you notice the scene when? Uh, Matt Damon is pretty much going down a mini driver. Yes. And then she's just having a regular conversation with him during. Yeah. <laughs> like nothing nothing is going on on, on her face. She's, mm. She doesn't seem to be feeling anything. He is doing that wrong. Yeah. I, d- <laughs> I, d- I, d- I can't say I noticed that that was what was... Because that scene was shot really weird. Yeah. It was like the camera was like to the left up her nostril. Yeah. So I didn't really clock that that was because he was performing Cunnilingus on her. But if so, then yes, it must have been a very disappointing performance. You know? Yeah. So, but she doesn't seem bothered. She's just like, so, no, you know, by just, the way, this yeah. is my, you know, my parents are dead or whatever. <laughs> she's just, yeah, very, very sexy pillow talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go on, what's your fun fact? Okay. So it's a bit of a tainted fun fact because it involves Harvey Weinstein, who is the producer who cool. produced this film and is obviously a dreadful man who's thankfully now been uh, put in prison. But yes. when Matt Damon and... Cause it's But this speaks to the sexual harassment drinking game. Mm. So... When they were when Matt Damon and Ben Affleck had written the script and they were p- pushing it around Hollywood studios, they wanted to find out how many people who rejected it had really read it, or how many people who like right. actually who had looked at it actually read it. So in the middle of the film, at the script in the middle of the script for the film, the original script, they inserted a completely random scene where Matt Damon and Ben Affleck's characters have sex, <laughs> and then basically loads of people handed it back to them said yeah i love the script but we're gonna pass whatever but yeah and then it was only harvey weinstein who was like it's a good script but i don't understand that scene where the two characters have sex <laughs> and then they were like oh that was just now we know that you read it so now we know we can trust you yeah so that's how he got to work on the film oh, that's cool did. yeah wonder wonder whose idea that was yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> Quite <laughs> telling. Yeah. I wonder how much you you want to look into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was Ben's contribution. I yeah. think it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you want to move on then? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So before we get to sequels, listeners, if you haven't already, um, which I know that plenty of you have, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Beyond the Box Set, where you can support us for as much or as little as you think we're worth. If you do, you get a few bonus things, like a bonus show where we do some film reviews. Uh, we're mainly doing streaming stuff stuff at the moment, but we often do cinema releases. Mm-hmm. Also, once a month, you get to have a 30-second advert slot on the main show where you can talk about your own podcast or your own business or whatever you really feel like chatting about. And also, once a month, we do a Patreon episode on the main show as well, mm-hmm. where Patreon can choose an episode, choose the film for us, and uh, you can guest if you want to, but you don't have to. And also, the uh, the final thing you get is extended versions of the main show. So if you want a few few more thoughts on the film or a, f- a few more sequel ideas a few more drinking games and listen submissions the extended version is where to go mm-hmm. so all that is at patreon.com slash beyond the box set indeed so what does a receptionist do when the fire alarm goes off i don't know 
call the fire brigade? I seriously hope that was a joke. That's what the fire alarm is for. Well, she's the one who asked what to do. I'm just guessing. Well, I think you'd have to be the one that makes sure everyone knows where the fire exits are and checks that everyone is out of the building. Like, we have the list of guests. It's not that hard. I just wait till it actually happens and we'll see if you find it's not that hard. What are you going to do if everyone goes off running in different directions before you check them off your list? Or someone sleeps through it. I highly doubt you can sleep through a fire alarm. I have. <laughs> sure. So what, we're just going to say they'll check off all the guests as they exit the building to make sure they're all out? Welcome to The Quids In is a new fictional podcast coming to all podcasting platforms weekly from September 10th, 2020. Learn more about the show by visiting our website at islandlifeproductions.com and clicking on Support Us. Well, let's see where we go with this. This one is it's it, it's a very it's a very empty idea. Maybe it'll go somewhere. Maybe it won't. Who okay. knows? But just be be ready. I'm ready. I'm um, primed. It, it's called Great Will Hunting. Great Will Hunting. Not it's just good. Great. Okay. Great Will Hunting. So he's not as good at what he does anymore. He's great at it. Okay. So it's I don't know, twenty years later or something. It's it's a sequel. Sure. Um, Will Hunting has now read every book in existence. Oh God. And claims to know more than Wikipedia. Okay. He's become extremely good at predicting the future and has put that skill to use and has become a celebrity financial advisor. Oh, okay. Who works solely for charities. Oh, so he's not like a con man. He gen- no. Okay. No, I, I got the impression that he was he was a, he was a pretty good... Like, when he had that speech about the NSA, just like, I don't want to work for them. So what if I give them some information that just tells them where to point a missile? Sure. So, yeah, saying that he's he's doing this work just for charities. He's a good guy. Okay. Uh, but everybody knows that, like, this guy knows, like, th- he knows what to invest in. Right. Sure. If you want to you want to make some money, you you get a little tip from, from Will Hunting. Okay. And so one day he gets kidnapped by terrorists. Okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> with me so far? Yeah, I'm with you. Because um, you know what? Terrorists are always kidnapping financial advisors. <laughs> Well, if he's a celebrity financial advisor, then sure. they want they they, they want to get some money. So, they want well, to get they, rich. They're kidnapping the terrorists who are kidnapping him to get some great tips for the stock exchange. Sure, is that too extravagant for you? It's, it's a stretch, but what else have you got? I mean, that, no, that, that that that's it for that idea. Okay. Um, you, <laughs> is that is that nothing at all? No, I think you've got <laughs> something there. I think it's a little muddled, but uh, okay. I think, think it'd be better if he was a phony, though. Like, okay. what, what, if, what if he's, like, sold out all of his childhood principles and morals? Mm. And, yeah, he is still super smart, obviously, but he's used it to become... And his ability to appear intelligent as well, because he right, speaks okay. so well. He hasn't read every book that exists. That's not possible. <laughs> but maybe he claims to have, because he's so... I mean, you saw how fast he was reading books. True, yes, and that's its own problem for me. But, but, but yeah, no, carry on. He can't read at that speed and take anything in. No. But maybe that's his whole shtick. He's, like, marketing himself as, like, the smartest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. And he's created this persona of himself, and it is a phony financial advisor mm. who makes these kind of wild predictions, and sometimes they come true, sometimes they don't, but yeah. it doesn't matter, because he's a celebrity. But then maybe he does get kidnapped. I don't know if terrorists is the right angle to go with on this, but maybe he gets kidnapped by like some desperate person or desperate people who who do want like some insider trading information that they yeah. think he can give them. Okay. Yeah. Well he can't because he's he's a phony. He's not real. But now he's like, like to that, save yeah. his own life or maybe to save Minnie Driver's wife life. Maybe she gets kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've got a kid and the ki- and yeah, maybe it's like tell us how to make turn this ten thousand dollars into a ten million dollars in t- in 24 hours or something mm-hmm. i don't know some kind of investment related thing and then it goes on a heist yes 
But I'm thinking more, it's like, you need to tell us exactly how to invest this money or we will kill your wife and kids or whatever. And because he's not really what he's claiming to be. He okay, yeah. So it's like, it's, it's, it's a classic tense, you know, setup. Yeah. How did he get out of it? I don't know. Maybe he makes an incredibly lucky guess or maybe the experience of this forces him to rely on his actual intelligence rather than just phoning it in. Maybe he's been phoning it in for so long. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and it's like, okay, so he, he figures it out as like a maths equation. Which is what right, he's playing yeah, to do yeah, the whole yeah. time. And now it's like, okay, I need to figure out the perfect... Montage of maths. Yeah, the, yeah. there's a montage of maths. We can... <laughs> why was he writing the maths equation out on, the, on his bathroom mirror? I don't, I don't Get know. Get a pen and paper. Why, why do people do that? They did, it in the, they did it in the social network as well. Only he, he, in films. In the social network, he wrote down the whole algorithm for Facebook on a single pane of glass. What on earth is this? What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> hate it. Hate it. But yes, maybe this film leans into this idea of like, yes, he has to solve the ultimate maths equation. Yeah. And that's on a ticking clock or his wife will die. And obviously at the end, he can go a bit action hero and not get the criminals, let them get away with it. But mm-hmm. ultimately, yeah, it forces him to go back to his roots and actually deliver some genuine genius yeah so, yeah. yeah um you know i'd certainly like to see him try and sort of work his way out of it even though like he can't initially maybe he needs to go and speak to a mentor role that'd be a good time to get skellens Karsgar back yeah absolutely is there a way that we can fold ben affleck into this did it turn out that ben affleck was also smart the whole time maybe ben affleck is the action side of this thing so ben affleck master my name is the brains and maybe Ben Affleck's risen up to be like a police chief or something. So he actually bursts, okay. maybe he bursted at the last minute and saves the day and shoots the cop, but shoots yeah. the shoots the terrorist, shoots the kidnapper. Ah, yeah, because Matt because Matt Damon's done all this work and stuff, mm. and when it comes down to it, it doesn't work. Yeah, like at the, at the last minute, it all fails, it flops, and yeah. like they're just about to kill his family. Ben Affleck bursts in at the last moment. And yes, just, yeah, and it reconciles them because then it's like, oh look, it's not sometimes genius doesn't work. Sometimes practical. Yeah, practicalities are what you need, and so they they realize that they both have different skills, but skills that work well together. Yeah, so, yeah, that works. It gives Ben Affleck a bit more of a redemption than just being I'm the dumb one. You should leave me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like that. Cool, very good. Cool, you you, you, you just about managed to save that. I think. Cool. Well, um, that's what I'm here for. Great will hunting. Great will hunting. Okay. So my first one is called Goodwill Hunting to Goodwill Fighting. Goodwill Fighting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I am thinking that in this universe, so again, it's 25 years later, 1927. Nah, ish, whatever, yeah. Ish, you know, it, it is, yeah, present day, whatever. He's now in his late 40s, whatever. Uh, Matt Damon did, in fact, chase Skylar down to Chicago. <laughs> he married the rich That's British girl, got, he got a high-paid job, and he moved up in the world, and he's completely left behind his Bostonian roots. He's never yeah. been back to see Ben Affleck or any of his old friends, yeah. whatever. He now lives in this very kind of upper-class world of like rich people and mansions, and he's very successful, and sure. he's very celebrated in his world. But he's completely empty as a result. Mm. Like He's forgotten how to feel anything. He's trapped in this kind of midlife crisis of just like wealth and privilege, and yeah. every, everything bores him. Nothing makes him happy. Sure. And he just, he's not a very happy bunny, basically. Sure. And I was thinking maybe at a certain point he, he gets a letter through or an email, whatever, or a phone call to learn that one of his old Boston friends has died. Okay. Doesn't matter which one. Let's say Casey Affleck. Okay. He, he lifts right out, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or the other guy who was in every scene but never spoke. <laughs> Did you notice him? Yeah, who was, yeah. Who was he? Who was that guy, yeah. <laughs> and at the end, he has like a slightly emotional bit where he gives a big hug to Matt Damon. I'm like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> this is your first line in the film. It's so strange. <laughs> anyway, one of the friends has died. So Matt Damon goes back to Boston for the first time in like 25 years to attend the funeral. Mm-hmm. And he spent, let's say he spends a few days there. Yeah. And I think that the premise of this movie is basically that he 
reconnects with his roots. Like he, he gets back in touch with Ben Affleck and they catch up again. And so, and he's trying to, he, he's finally starting to remember all the things that used to make him feel alive and make him feel happy in, mm-hmm. in this very kind of working class blue collar lifestyle that he's long since left behind. Yeah. And I think that like initially there's like lots of a bit of tension with him and Ben Affleck because he's not he's not kept in touch and is he's changed a lot as a person. He's not really he's become quite a snob, maybe he's not mm-hmm. he's certainly not as, you know, down to earth as he was back in the day. So yeah. Him and Ben Affleck have some tension between each other, but they they work it out and they have a drunken night on the tiles, basically. They go out on all the bars, they go for a bar crawl, they're both hammered. Mm-hmm. And they decide to go out looking for some looking for a fight. So they they properly relive in their twenties and they go out to a bad neighborhood looking to start a fight. They nice. want to just relive all the things that they used to enjoy doing when they were kids. Nice. So Matt Damon has, uh, like he, Matt Damon's put on weight, which is largely fat in real life. Yeah. But whereas Ben Affleck has put on largely muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's how it looks in uh, the last few films that he's done, not just Batman films. Sure. Um, so is that the case in this? Well, that would make sense. Yeah. If, if Ben Affleck's character has spent this past 25 years you know, as a construction worker working with his hands and Ben yeah. Affleck's and Matt Damon's been very much like a, a wealthy, you know, middle-class person who maybe doesn't do a lot of physical stuff. So yeah, yeah. Maybe he's yeah. a bit out of shape, a bit podgy and Ben Affleck's a lot more ripped. It doesn't really matter for this, okay. for, my, for my story. It doesn't really matter, but you, if that's how you want to picture it, that's fine. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but what well, I'm just imagining the two of them getting into a fight and just, Oh, they're not fighting each other. They're, they're looking for like strangers oh, yeah, yeah, to I, fight. I, I, I know, but I'm just, just in my head, I'm just trying to work out who's going to like win a fight, who's going to lose a fight. Okay. Well, my thought was that they go out, they're, they're both really drunk, they're out in a bad neighborhood and they get into some a fight with some random and in the process, they accidentally kill someone. Oh, right. Okay. Like maybe Ben Affleck is enjoying himself because in that scene where he's in the fight in this film, when mm. they randomly get into the fight with the random guys, where they, yeah. just, where they just jump out of a car and start punching people. I'm like, yeah. you're the bad guys in this scenario. <laughs> But there's this bit I where mean, he, those men cat called a woman. They did, true. They so. they deserved to They'd, be beaten to a pulp. That is true, yeah. But I, I was being sarcastic. I don't feel I like you were. No, I was. I was okay. Not. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't you didn't insert the sarcasm voice, John. Sorry, sorry. We need a button for that. The sarcasm button. Um But yeah, what I'm thinking is that in that scene, he gets he he keeps punching that guy in the face over and yeah. over again. And it's like, oh my god, he's gonna kill him. So maybe he gets goes back to that again and he just won't stop punching this guy mm-hmm. ends up killing him mm-hmm. and then him and ben affleck are suddenly on the run together because they, they've accidentally now committed murder yeah and now these two characters that have been forced to that have really not spoke for 25 years now they're on the run together trying to evade the law and mm-hmm. maybe you know retribution i don't know you thinking like a Thelma and Louise sort of thing? Kind of, yeah, but just more just like the night goes horribly wrong. I'm just imagining like a film where everything goes horribly wrong for them, and they yes, they end up they kill someone, and it's just and I'm just, I'm just thinking it was like as a nightmare night out basically. Mm, yeah. yeah. Oh, I could see that. I could see that being sort of like a almost sort of like a Black Mirror sort of thing. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm going for a kind of that vibe, but like without a, like a big sci-fi twist or anything. Like but... a black comedy, certainly. Yeah. 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 No, I'd I'd, I'd like to see how that would go because that'd be one hell of a way to catch up. Could you do something where, like, they they do manage to have a happy ending at the end of the film, mm-hmm. where it turns out that like it was all just a bad trip and like, mm-hmm. like nobody died or it was a dream or something like that? It's pretty lazy. But... Yeah, it's pretty well. <laughs> is it is it above Matt Damon and Ben Affleck? No, not at all. But I, you know, we, we could do something. Like maybe maybe they do get away. Maybe it turns out the person they killed was a drug dealer or something. So not that that makes it okay, but I don't know. Like, mm, yeah, I don't know. I feel like. Or maybe of... they go to prison together. Oh yeah, maybe they do get caught and they go to prison together. But now they're like, 
prison's like exactly the scenario that they're both are most comfortable in because it's you know <laughs> it's, it's just fighting and you know gang warfare and maybe matt damon's quite happy in prison because he he's finally remembered how to feel again yeah and he's freed he's freed from the like the responsibilities of being a respectable middle-class you know wealthy person now mm-hmm. he's, he's right back down at the bottom and even further below than he was before but that actually makes him happy that's where he kind of secretly wanted to be all right okay yeah so that was Goodwill Fighting. Goodwill Fighting. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, so the next one I've got here is very, very silly. Okay. It's called Will Hunting the 13th. Will Hunting the 13th. Is it set in the deep future? No. Okay. Um, so remember when he told that lie to Minnie Driver for seemingly no reason? Oh, that he had 12 brothers and sisters. 12 brothers. 12 brothers, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Like for, uh, I forget at what point it happened in the movie, but for a while I basically believed it. Okay. Even though like you basically told immediately like he's lying. Yeah. I was like, so he's got 12 brothers then. <laughs> okay. What does that look like? That would have been funny if they'd actually cast 12 actors who looked all looked yeah. a little bit like Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've now just taken, okay, how can I actually make this sort of realistic in canon with this? Because obviously in this film, he's an orphan. Yes. Or a foster kid. You know. Yeah, sure. But anyway, so Matt Damon and Minnie Driver, they have grown up. Mm-hmm. and have had ki- had kids 12 kids many kids oh wow just like his lie they have had 13 boys good grief i'll tell you what mini driver is fed up she is worn out yeah <laughs> <laughs> do not blame her since finishing college uh mini got a job as a professor at harvard while having while juggling 13 kids but has only worked there for two months in, in the total of the last 10 years gonna say that's due an to achievement ma- due to maternity leave endless maternity leave okay wow. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily matt damon got a job as a um as a, as a psychiatrist of all things okay uh, sure. to pay the bills so he's followed in robin williams's footsteps yeah basically okay i feel like he would yeah it um, makes sense yeah and robin williams really did feel like this is a quite likely future for for matt damon's character yeah sure so yeah, the, um, I've, I've said that uh, the film is going to be about the 13th child, but also it'll probably work even better as a TV show, I think, mm-hmm. and how they grow up over the years. I was imagining something like Boyhood. Remember that film where it was set? Oh, it yes. was filmed in like 12 years? Yeah, where it's just, you see little glimpses of their life through a time period. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I'd like to do something like that, or maybe it would, it would actually work well for like a long running sitcom. Sure, yeah, like the Brady Brunch or something. Yeah, yeah. or yeah. like Modern Family or something. Yeah, where like there's there's actual children act, child actors in there. Sure, and you kind of watch them growing up over time. Mm-hmm. But just I would love to see how hectic a house of thirteen young boys, all with strong Boston accents. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just fighting. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that'd be really entertaining. Yeah, and maybe like the older ones are starting to go out and get drunk, and you know, and everybody's really smarmy. Yeah, everyone's smarmy. They're all smart, alecky, and cocky. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just kind of want to see what that would look like. It would just, because I don't know, it would just be fun to watch. No, I agree. Yeah. It's watching other people's dramas. Hmm. What if instead of having poor Mini Driver have 12 kids, maybe yeah. Matt Damon and Mini Driver had six boys, okay. which is still a lot, yeah. but you know, it's somewhat more realistic. And then maybe they got divorced, or maybe she died just because it's easier just to kill her off, whatever. <laughs> You know, because in movies, it's just... What a, what a rewarding role that she gets over this franchise. Yeah, I know. It's such a shame. <laughs> and then Matt Damon moves on and marries a new woman. New, he finds a new love, a new woman, who is a single mother of another six boys. Yeah. And so by getting... This is very sitcom But then by the, the two of them getting together, now it's a household full of 12 Bostonian boys. Yeah. Yes, I definitely like that. 
Can that woman be Julianne Moore? Oh, because of Fertie Rock. Yes. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> I said, uh, I said, I would and, all, say, and also um, Suburbicon. Yes, they've they've got a former. I was going to say Amy Poehler just because she is also from Boston. Okay, sure. Yeah. But either works, yeah. I mean, he. he it sounds if, like if he's probably going to have multiple wives over the over the course of thirteen sons. True. Yeah. 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 So um, he's just build them up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's all about like the different relationship he has with his sons. Like there's somebody's close to them, others. Mm. Some really resents him. Maybe he's not that great of a dad. Like. Yeah. I mean, how great yeah. of a dad can you be with thirteen kids? Like. <laughs> you know what? Art of... Maybe surprisingly, a really good dad. Maybe it could be. Yeah, it could be heartwarming. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Who knows? Maybe like only one of them is as smart as him, and the rest are all dumb as rocks. <laughs> or maybe okay. okay so yeah, exactly then that actually works. The thirteenth one is the smart one. Yes, he, he's the black sheep of the family. Yes. Yeah. Or maybe twelve, eleven of them, or twelve of them are super intelligent, like Matt Damon. But then the last one is a little bit more normal. average and normal. Yeah. yeah. And he's totally the black sheep of his family, and he doesn't feel like he belongs to anyone. And maybe. Ben Aff- Matt, maybe Matt Damon really struggles to relate to this last kid because right, he's yeah, not sure. particularly academic or intellectually mm-hmm. you know, advanced and he feels really bad but you can't connect and the kid's kind of drifting away and maybe that's how Matt Damon brings in Ben Affleck nice. who's from his past yeah. to like can you help me to this kid needs a father figure and I can't do it so can you help yeah. me out and Ben Affleck helps this kid to understand that he's special too just because he's not this crazy poetry literary mm-hmm. maths genius omnipotent you know mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he, t- he t- teaches him that there's not no shame in being ordinary. Yeah. yeah. And then he also says, don't do what your dad did. Use a condom. Yes. It, yeah, here's yeah. loads of these. Take all the condoms, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Cool. So that was um, Will Hunting the 13th. Will Hunting the 13th. Cool. So, so is every single child called Will Hunting? Is that what we're suggesting? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just 13 Will Hunting. <laughs> Great. Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> so my second idea Which would make it even more hectic yeah you can't refer to any one yeah. of them yeah just imagine trying to call one specifically in the household just, yeah. just impossible to do <laughs> uh, my second one is based on this, the characters that get left behind so it's again right. it's this kind of it doesn't matter which one it could be Ben Affleck I'm thinking maybe Case Affleck this could be Casey Affleck's character actually mm, that, yeah. could, the, that could be the best fit but I, it's kind of based on my idea about how this film is has this weird message about just like leaving people behind if you think you're better than them, you know, yeah, and yeah. then like you don't. And so maybe, yeah, maybe it's Casey Affleck because he's a bit of a more of a minor character in the original film. Mm-hmm. So maybe he is, his life doesn't go very well over the, you know, again, cut to 25 years later. Mm-hmm. Life has been hard for him. He hasn't, you know, re- really risen above or found much, he's kind of just drifted from job to job and mm. he's still stuck in the same place. And maybe he's got a bunch of, a few kids and he's divorced and, you know, child support or whatever. Like he's very much scraping to get by day by day. And mm. he's just constantly like in a struggle. And yet Matt Damon, his old childhood friend has become this like rich and famous again, this kind of businessman, you know, maybe, mm. maybe in some kind of media role. So he's on TV a fair bit, you know, yeah. very slick, very much left his past behind much like my first idea. basically. Yeah. And every time he turns on the TV, he he, ta- he seems to see his old friend and it just makes him even more bitter and angry. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of basing this idea on the origin of Breaking Bad. You know how okay, yeah. Walt's, had, Walt's backstory is that he developed that company, the science... Grey Matter. Grey Matter, yeah. yeah. A terrible name, but yeah. <laughs> uh, and he'd, he'd not taken... That's because he was Walter White and the other guy was somebody black. Yeah, and yes, no, I got it. But it's just a bad name. But 
but yeah, I'm just I'm basing it on that this idea of like somebody who's living, like just scraping by day by day, but who sees the successful life he thinks he could have left yeah. lived being rubbed in his face every day. Yeah. And that's the vibe I'm getting basically. Okay, yeah. For Casey yeah. Affleck's character, it's like he sees Matt Damon everywhere being rich and successful and flashy and whatever. Mm. And it's driving him mad with jealousy and because like, he feels like he left him behind and it could he, he could have like given his friends a leg up and he didn't mm-hmm. he just never spoke to them again. Yeah. And yeah, and I'm thinking he goes on some kind of revenge spree and starts like stalking Matt Damon basically. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and he just becomes obsessed with like ruining his life and taking away his uh you know, all the all all the things that he feels like he undeservedly got on just cause just cause he's smart. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So was trying to take away like the relationships that he's earned and trying to get him fired and stuff like that. I'm thinking it could be like a psychological thriller where he is basically stalking him. Okay. And uh, yeah, maybe he just initially wants to like reconnect with him. Maybe he wants to fund something. Maybe he's got like some idea that mm. he has that he thinks is a business that could work for him and he's really invested in it and so he tries to reach out to matt damon as his old friend to put down a deposit on it and to support him and sponsor him on it or go into a partnership yeah and matt damon's got no interest whatsoever and he just like brushes him off and that sends him into a spiral basically where he's basically stalking him and he's really bitter and angry and then he tries to blackmail him into giving him the money and maybe then he attack yeah like he maybe kidnaps his wife or something yeah. And it just turns into this whole, fi- and yeah, this whole thing. And maybe Casey Affleck's character doesn't realize that he's the bad guy until like very much mm. the end of the film, kind of yeah. thing. So, yeah, it, it's it's just about how the the frustration of being left behind by people is it sends a bit mad, and he goes on this kind of revenge mm-hmm. kick. And then yeah, maybe it's like, again, maybe it's like a tragedy, tr- like a tragic action comedy, not comedy, but like a tragic action drama kind of thing where like you really you know the character's struggling and he's not a, naturally a bad person but he's been driven that way by you know the, the lack of opportunity in his life and the fact that he's seeing people around him go on to do so many, many better things it's just like desperation so. mm, okay yeah yeah no i like that it's white male rage the movie it definitely is yeah <laughs> you've seen that cl- I've yes that, i yeah. have white male rage it's white male rage this, this is one of those it's a white male rage movie <laughs> Well, yeah, I think most of our sequels are white male rage. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, we are the embodiments of white male rage, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me angry. Yeah, me too. Mm. Um, cool. Oh, so that was Goodwill Hunting to Bad Morgan Rising. Because that character was called uh, Morgan. So yeah. <laughs> Just playing around with the stupid name puns again. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so last one I've got here. Mm-hmm. Um, Will Hunting, he keeps getting smarter and smarter mm-hmm. and smarter and so a bit similar to my first idea he, he reads all the books right okay um but eventually he runs out of books and that makes him very frustrated because he doesn't really know what to do okay and as part of that uh mini driver realizes you know what i've had enough of this annoying smarmy man yeah i don't think it would have lasted no definitely not and uh, yeah so she leaves him for being too up himself basically mm-hmm. And uh, maybe also at this point, he's writing a screenplay about okay. <laughs> about this. I don't know. But anyway, this triggers something in him. And he just like his brain just has an existential crisis. Mm. And he forgets who he is and goes mad. Okay. Um, he's constantly convinced that there are conspiracies happening all around him. And he, he actually gets a bit violent with it as well. Oh, so he fully goes a bit mad. Mm. Is this like a beautiful mind kind of thing? No, not intentionally. I've not seen that. Okay, sure. But when Minnie Driver tries to stop him, he turns on her. And so she gets a bit sort of scared for her life because she knows that he does have a, a bit of a violent past. And now... What, does he start stalking her or does he just attack her or like what? 
I was thinking it just it just gets a bit aggressive. Okay. Pro- probably verbally an issue. Maybe just maybe it's to the extent that she's scared for her life. Okay. Like, you know, it just doesn't go well at all. Mm-hmm. So she runs to Ben Affleck for help, just like, hey Ben, like you you know, you know him. Please saw him out. Mm-hmm. Now Ben Affleck over the last few years, um, he's grown up and become very rich somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh quite buff and has a hatred of clowns. Oh, okay. Oh, it's turning into the joke. So he waits for he waits for Matt Damon to come and find Minnie um, at Ben Affleck's house, Minnie Driver, and uh, when he gets there, they battle it out. And I've called it Batman v. Born. Oh, Batman v. Born. So I, I thought you were going to make Matt Damon into like the Joker and then Batman versus. The no, Joker. although that works way better. <laughs> sure. Well, I, yeah, sure. Yeah, m- m- maybe his gene, his like super genius, tips him over the edge and he becomes fully insane. Yeah. And so he then starts. I mean, the last thing anyone in this world needs is another Joker related movie with another <laughs> actor playing the Joker. Although I can guarantee we have not seen the last of them. No, no, no. <laughs> Could Matt Damon play the Joker? That'd be a Do you reckon that was ever a conversation that happened with Ben Affleck being Batman? Well, Matt Damon as the Joker. Yeah. That that'd be a that'd be a weird decision to make because Matt Damon is for for the most part, he's so bland. Yeah. And, and he leans into that now in, in the roles that he plays right now. Sure. He'd have to really stretch himself. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it would work. But I'm just wondering if I like, no, I don't think that I don't think it'd be for him to stretch himself. I think it'd be for the the filmmakers to be like, okay, how do we make a Joker who's just like a really bland, like suburban dad? Yeah, maybe that. Yeah, because that'd be a really interesting take. To yeah, do it's to like the, by the, day the he's Joker, a bland yeah. suburban dad, by night he's a maniacal supervillain. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, I don't know. That'd be that'd be weird. Because I feel like every major project they do, even now, even though they've only been starred together in like three films yeah. in 25 years i think every time you get one you get people say oh maybe the other guy could be in this as well yeah they're, they're a classic duo mm. yeah um so that was my very silly <laughs> sure Let's just turn them into batman v yeah. born yeah. yeah cool do you want to do the listener submissions then yeah so have you got any this week no are you not bothering with those anymore <laughs> i'm not really bothering on facebook anymore oh i see oh yeah harry's left facebook so now i have to do all the listener submissions uh okay so dennis fanning said will hunting the saga continues will mentors the world's smartest uber driver but finds that uber driving is unfortunately more lucrative than academics or science fields okay so i guess that's it he's gone he shot up to the top and then he figures out that actually being super smart isn't that lucrative unless Mm -hmm. you can invent something yeah so actually doing regular day-to-day work is actually a better way to make a living so yeah (laughs) yeah i like that yeah drew miller said bad will hunting Will becomes disgusted with the world and turns his superior intellect towards maths-based supervillainy. Nice. I like the idea of nice. maths-based supervillainy. What would that mean? Yeah. Scott Meeker said, Good Will counting. As he struggles with a midlife crisis and adjusts to a new therapist, Will, will Hunting discovers a mathematical formula designed for election officials to tabulate votes at a faster rate. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling Scott might have written that today or yesterday. I'm yeah, sure. very good. Dalton Mayer said, Goodwill Gathering. Matt Scooter said, Goodwill Dead by Shotgun Blast and last and mounted on a wall. <laughs> Dark, okay. <laughs> uh, over on Twitter, Blokebusters, at Blokebusters, said, Not so Goodwill Hunted. Will finds himself waking up on a fishing vessel, healing from gunshot wounds. Ah, yes. Worst of all, he's lost his memory, and there's quite a number of people who are trying to kill him. Maybe he shouldn't have been flaunting those apples everywhere. <laughs> interesting yeah yeah sure sure uh, mg loves fun our old friend martin gardner said better will hunting followed of course by best will hunting yep definitely yeah. um false starts podcast at false starts pod said it was his fault 
<laughs> he, he brought all that shard abuse on himself. <laughs> uh, bad Will Hunting, how do you like them bad apples? Mm-hmm. At Benny2TS said, in this pitch dark comedy drama, Calculating Will returns to Boston 25 years later to lure hopeful math students with a cast for answers cheating scheme, but one good kid from Southie has other ideas and a formula for revenge. Or his second idea was Good Will Haunting, something doesn't add up, in this light-hearted rom-com, the late Will Hunting returns to the hallways of MIT to mischievously solve corridor maths equations. <laughs> the only problem is his genius died with when he did. Ghostly Will whose maths prowess is now decidedly human, gets a lesson in humility and love from, from a bereaved psychology professor who is herself a genius with super perceptive abilities to allow her to communicate with human spirits. Wow. That was, that was a, a lot. lot. Yeah. yeah, that was a mouthful. I like that. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty good, yeah. And finally, our old pal Ross Burton said, he finally does something good with his genius. He becomes a botanist, joins NASA, and participates <laughs> in a manned mission to Mars. Yep. I assume that goes perfectly fine and nothing goes wrong at all. <laughs> Very good, Ross. I don't know what you could possibly have been referring to there. <laughs> Certainly not a previous episode of ours. But yeah. So thank you, everybody, for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, all of which you can also leave a five-star review, which really helps us to stay on the charts and stay relevant and loading. So uh, please do keep that going. If you haven't already, please consider doing that. As mentioned before, we're also available on Patreon, which is exclusively for the people who would raise us more than five stars if they could. You can find all the relevant links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. Okay. Okay. And next week, Harry, mm. uh, it's a me choice. Mm-hmm. It's a free choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just chose a random, decent enough film, somewhat connected to this one. So we, you mentioned that this was a big Oscar film. Yeah. It was nominated for, uh, I think, Best Actor and Best Picture mm-hmm. and a bunch of stuff. Uh, and also in the categories that year that won quite a lot of awards was a film that you just recently. Uh, declared that you've never heard of before that you didn't know about so mm. i thought maybe this could be the time it is a 90s classic called as good as it gets okay yeah. starring jack nicholson okay yeah now i've definitely heard of it it was a big hit at the time but i don't have a single idea what it's about well maybe keep it that way yeah. what sort of film is it it's a rom-com it's a rom-com okay yeah. Well, it's an Oscar rom-com, so it's not like... I wonder if I have seen this. I mean, don't ruin it for yourself. Okay, uh, no, I won't, but uh, I'll just have a quick little Google. Um, yeah, no, great. So, uh, as good as it gets. Yep. Next week. Cool. So, join us next week, listener, for as good as it gets. For and as it good as be. this podcast will ever get. It will. It, this, we, we will peak next week, <laughs> and then we'll all be downhill. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank Bye. Wait, Helen Hunt's in this? (laughs) I knew you were going to do that. Goddamn.